Welcome back to Coffee with Craner. Today I'm here with Eric Farron. He's no stranger to the Windsor-Essex area, had 20 years in uh, manufacturing, driving growth and acquisition of some massive industrial facilities. He's a former vice president of Precision Partners Holding Company, which is now Cleveland Cliffs. was also previously involved in corporate operations at, at the Electromac Group and recently has taken on an exciting project with the EV battery plant that's being built. I believe it's about $5 billion in Windsor, Essex. And he's also a mortgage agent. We work together at the super mortgage team when he has some free time. He is a mortgage agent. So I'm excited to talk about his career in manufacturing um, and uh, just some general advice for young leaders that are looking to enter this exciting industry. Eric, thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm humbled to be here and, and I appreciate the time and looking forward to uh, having some good dialogue. Awesome. Um, and if you've seen a past episode, you know, uh, my favorite question to ask is relating to that uh, cup you got in your hand there. And uh, I, where's, I, would you say in, in Amherstburg or Windsor, Essex is your favorite place for coffee? Without a doubt, the champion caffeine and go, uh, Megan and Mary do an amazing job. They're not just with the coffee, but it's just a, a business uh, place of excellence. So uh, a loyal Caffeine & Co. Uh, customer. I expect some free uh, coupons for this plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. It's on his, on his mug there. So I, I just have a plain black one today. But uh, how did you start manufacturing? Tell us about that. It's an interesting question because, you know, the, the crooked path to your career, you just have to always be open to new, uh, new things. And I really primarily am a marketing background person, so was involved in sales. I was in boat sales. Um, at the time when I moved into manufacturing, I was uh, leading an automotive uh, retail store. It just so happened that the investors of that automotive uh, location also were in tool and die. Um, the way uh, things happened, they just saw some skills that I had that they felt would be helpful in certain aspects of the business. Um, so I came aboard a, a rookie in manufacturing, didn't know anything about it, uh, came with a, a good attitude and, and the willingness to learn and uh, just took on tasks as they were given to me. So uh, it ended up being a, a really good move. Um, there was a lot of opportunity in manufacturing at the time. And uh, so I just started small and uh, tried to be reliable, tried to be dependable, be on time, have a good attitude. And. And through the years, I just was able to accept more responsibility and ultimately get into a position of leadership. So you went from selling boats to leading a, a, a massive uh, precision metal company. Yeah, yeah. Along with the team. And, you know, I think that speaks to some of your, your questions is, you know, how, you know, the pronoun of I versus we. And I think the one thing that I've learned is everyone brings something different to the, uh, to the party and and technical ability was not my strength, but team building, collaboration, um, enthusiasm, resourcefulness are things that I brought in um, to help some of those other aspects of the business. So it takes all different pieces of that puzzle to make a success. So, so we really, um, particularly at the Electromac Group, which became uh, Precision Partners, you know, we embraced a team approach because we realized when the entrepreneurs sold to private equity that what was left in our lap was a lot of responsibility and the only way we we're going to be successful was to come together as a team to mm -hmm. 
each take different facets of the business that the ownership uh, no longer took care of. So I just want to walk back a couple steps about the uh, selling boats. Where, where did you sell boats? Was it in the area? <clears throat> Lakeview Marine. Uh, it, it was, you know, known as, you know, the premier boat sales location um, in southwestern Ontario. I'm a little bit biased. Um, pretty much out of, out of college, uh, got involved. Uh, it was an entrepreneur. It was an amazing opportunity because Roy Desjardins, one of my mentors, really allowed us young, enthusiastic uh, teammates to kind of drive the course of the business. So he put a lot of trust in us and, you know, we're young, we made mistakes, uh, but we really helped grow that business. Um, and he enjoyed watching his business grow, but I think he more enjoyed watching uh, his students become masters and become, you know, uh, skilled. Uh, we were just kids and we yeah. ended up becoming you know, mature and understanding business and the responsibilities associated with it. And it was a, it was a great lesson for me because not only were we, you know, selling the product, but we were pioneering new markets. We were considering advertising. We were responsible for profit and loss. So it really gave us um, as individuals a lot more skills than you would suspect, mm -hmm. you know, coming from a dealership. So that really helped to prepare me for, um, going into uncharted waters and things I didn't understand um, and understanding that there would be a way to understand it. And what, what drove you to, I can't say dr <laughs> can't drive a boat, but what um, led you to selling, to selling boats? It, it's really, you know, quite as simple as a good friend of mine who was in my class in, uh, at St. Clair did a project on boats and he went and did some research at Lakeview Marine. And the next thing you know, they put a uniform on him and he was selling boats. So I showed up and he said, hey, do you want to come and work a, a, a weekend boat show? I said, I don't know anything about boats, but sure. <laughs> so that's how it started. And we had a lot of fun. We learned a lot. And uh, it's fun talking about recreational products. Um, and I was hooked, you know, and, and we had probably a solid decade of real growth and success in that in wow. that business. And. And it really prepared, you know, many of us for, for prominent careers elsewhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, fast forwarding to what we talked about a little bit is, is uh, becoming a VP at, at Precision Partners and uh, Electromac Group. Um, was that something you always had on the horizon that, that yeah, I, I want to be in that leadership role? Yeah. And I think it goes back to my boat selling days when I used to have clients that were in the tool and die and mold making business. And they all seem to have something in common. They seem to be pretty smart and pretty successful. Um, and so, good looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, there was always an aura of respect around that industry in this area. It was uh, well known that these were, you know, the top business people. So I, I would have loved to get involved back when I was in, you know, marketing. I, I couldn't see that path, but yeah. when it materialized, it was easy for me to understand that much of what you learn is translatable to anything. So it's not necessarily industry specific. So again, being on time, having a good attitude, being a student, being honest, being team focused, um, putting in the extra effort, um, no matter what industry you go into, all those things uh, are lacking in some areas. So if you can bring that, you automatically separate yourself from a lot of the people who may have natural talent or skill sets in that area. So you don't necessarily need those technical skills is what you're saying. Agreed. You know, 
you look at hospitals and they're not administered by doctors. They're administered by people who are professional administration, right? Mm -hmm. So to manage and to lead experts, there's areas that they really have, they excel in and there's areas where they need support in. So, you know, find an expert and find out what they hate to do and take it over. Right. And, and that's, that's how I really was able to gain some respect for some folks who were really technically way beyond me is I would find things that they maybe didn't like to do or weren't good at. And, and I was, so, Mm -hmm. you know, by taking things off their plate, they recognized that, that I brought value. So you, you helped run a, a successful uh, boat company. You were involved in um, precision metal uh, manufacturing. And then now you're also involved in EVs. Tell yeah. us about that. So really, you know, one door closes, one door opens. And as I had moved beyond the manufacturing space and, and wondering what was next, um, you know, it, it came about that this EV plant was coming and happened to know some of the uh, individuals involved in it who had, had key uh, stakeholders in in the building of it and we had some dialogue and you know wanted to see how and if i would fit into that and i really felt strongly that it was something that the community needed i wanted to be a part of it and i wanted to have some influence uh for something that's going to last for generations so um i got involved i'm on the executive committee representing a series of trade partners who are who are building that plant right now and uh it's a collaboration. It's the we before me. It's a team approach, a little bit unique uh, in the construction industry that we're, we're a series of trade partners moving towards a common goal. Um, and it's been great. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, like, like anything you take on that's worth taking on, you have your good days, you have your bad days. And, and the difference is how fast you get up off the mat and how you respond um, and how you can support your teammates and ultimately it's, you know, I've found that, you know, talent is, is like beauty. It, it, it fades and it's overrated. It's, it's really that ability for you to be uh, determined um, and to be resilient and to figure out challenges and to lean in when things are difficult mm-hmm. as opposed to backing away. So you form the habit of leaning in when things are challenging um, and you end up feeling better. You know, they say, Failure is hard. Success is hard. Just pick your heart, right? The difference is at the end of the day, when you look in the mirror, how do you feel? You yes. know, um, and, and if you've given it all you had and you had a, a, a day that didn't go your way, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, uh, Eric, when we, one of the few conversations that, uh, we had recently, um, you talked about just managing people. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you share more about that? Cause it was an interesting conversation that we had is, is, like with the union and tradespeople, you just, you made people work together. Yeah. It goes back really to, you know, my, my first career was in the meat business with my dad. And I think that started when I was eight years old. Um, and he really imparted on me the value of enthusiasm, uh, the value of telling people what things are, your perspective, being open to criticism, um, being open to influence from others and really putting yourself secondary to the overall team objective. You know, in customer service, you wanna wow the customer. So what I try to bring to, to these environments is, is that consistency of how we consider challenges, how we adapt, how we persevere, 
what we do when things don't go well and how we keep our composure. Mm -hmm. um, I'm stepping back a little bit from the playing field, so it's easier to do so. Um, and to me, that's a recipe for success. People are people. They all, we mostly want the same things. We want to be respected. We want to be treated as, as, as a, a human being. Um, nobody's perfect. Um, and, and, you know, just support the team. So that's really been, that's as I get to this, uh, area of my career, supporting and growing leaders is, is really what I, I consider mm -hmm. a win for me. So it, the trade is a highly stressful environment when you're at the top, how do you keep, when, when you see things maybe falling apart and, and you're trying to put it back together, how do you handle your, your composure so that your team doesn't know that you're stressed out? And that you're still there trying to win and, and keeping keeping all the pieces glued together. Yeah, everyone is always watching, and they're watching what you say, how you carry yourself, how you respond. If you're offended, your team will carry your offense. Um, if you're resilient and you feel like things are under control, your team will feel like things are under control. So you have to first lead by example. You know, do as I say, not as I do doesn't work. Um, you have to. Uh, help people, you know, who maybe don't understand some of the tools that are necessary to get through difficulties. Some of it's just creating space, right? Some of it is taking a, taking a breather, um, walking away from a situation, but understanding that, you know, in the heat of a stressful moment, sometimes emotions magnify and the situation mm -hmm. really isn't that bad. So when we're able to create some distance from it, look at things a little bit more logically um, and get back on the path. Again, it's that resilience. It's we are going to finish. We are going to win. It's a matter of this is a tough patch. That's why we're here. We're professionals. Um, and we just, you know, sometimes you, you don't go beyond your skis. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Can you, can you speak to a challenge you've had in, in the trade? It's, it's, it's not, an easy, not an easy industry to, to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the, the big challenges I recall um, in manufacturing was, uh, we had a Southern United States operation uh, that was struggling. And I remember I flew in and just by the, the nature of the time of the flight, you know, I maybe arrived in the area around 9 p.m. So I thought I'll, I'll, I'll go to the plant before I go to the hotel and just kind of see what's going on. And, and when I entered that plant, I, I realized that it was, it was much worse than I had anticipated. And, you know, there was a lot of... Um, desperation there was customers in the facility uh -oh. and I, I quickly realized that no one was interested in my advice um, at that moment um, they were interested in what i was willing to do um, and was i willing to lend a hand and, and really the only thing i could do at that moment was start to deliver parts by a pickup truck back and forth through the night um, to try to keep the customer running and and really that was the best use of my time and probably for several months after that, um, that's exactly what myself and many of our, our leadership teammates did is we got on the floor and we, and we did the work with, with people um, because that's where they needed the help. And um, it was gratifying to see us go from emergency to urgency to stability um, by just digging in and, and, and doing the work. So, um, I appreciate that. It pushed me. It pushed me uh, <laughs> to exhaustion. Um, it, it made me consider, you know, was I willing to walk the walk? Um, yeah. And uh, 
it was nice at the end. I, I you know I probably dropped 25 pounds, but you know, to, to have that satisfaction that, you know, when your teammates are in trouble, um, that, that we're all one and, and we're going to battle this together, win or lose. And it just yeah. starts to take on its own energy. So mm-hmm. that was probably a defining moment because it'd really been many years since I'd been on the floor yeah, and yeah. it was nice to see that I can go put the pads on and, and uh, <laughs> get in there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, no, that's, that's an interesting experience. And, and now you're a, a certified uh, truck driver. Again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. And, and I, I want to shift a little bit further to just some people that in your life that have helped shape Eric Farron. Were there anyone in the trade or outside of the trade that you um, received mentorship and just yeah. really latched onto and, and helped helped you grow? It's my favorite question. Yes. Yeah, and and uh, you know, first and foremost, my dad, obviously, uh, big shoes to fill. Um, he's always community minded, never said no, never saw him sweat. He could be up earlier, up later, work harder, work smarter. Um, so he was a great example of an entrepreneur who could do everything within his business and did it with grace. And, and I always, uh, you know, I try to measure up to that and that's a difficult thing to do. Um, but mentors come into your life. I think when you're open to it, Roy Desjardins, again, at Lakeview, he wasn't just a boss. He was a mentor. He t- taught a lot of life lessons. Um, he was calm. He was principled. Uh, he really uh, supported uh, anyone who was willing to listen, and I was willing to listen. Um, m- moving to my uh, manufacturing career, there was uh, Ron Truant and Jerry Halliday, which were the original Electromac ownership. Um, Jerry's my next door neighbor now, and great friend, and, and you know, incredible mentor to me. Gave me lots of responsibility, lots of trust. Um, always allowed me to uh, to spread my wings and make a mistake in a safe environment. Um, Des Griffiths, who who took over as the CEO when the entrepreneurs left, um, really instilled that um, coaching team mentality. Uh, we before me, um, the team first. Let's win as a group, not as individuals. Um, that was a very important uh, lessons that I took. And what I try to do now is those investments that were given to me is make sure that when I have opportunities and I see someone willing um, that wants to learn is, is to give those things back. I just think it's, it's a responsibility. I just, people appeared in my life at times when, when I really needed it. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I made good use of that. I respected their time and, and their influence and, and I'm, I'm certainly willing to do the same. And it's probably the most gratifying uh, thing that I do at, at this point. Um, I've long since quit worrying about what other people think or me or what kind of car I drive. That's, that's off the table. Now it's, it's really, you know, giving back uh, to those who are on their career path. And uh, also, you know, the lessons I learn is, is try to share them with my family, my kids and my grandkids. Mm-hmm. Um, try to be an example for them as, as my dad, uh, is for me and, and hopefully that perpetuates. So that's in a nutshell, a big nutshell, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. It's, it's good to have that support system when you're, when you're climbing the, the leadership ladder, right? Absolutely. Um, and just really to, to wrap this up, it's a question that I, I like to ask often on the show. 
is um, just some general advice. If, uh, let's say, a young Eric Farron walked into the room, what would be your advice to, to, to him um, uh, about, you know, wanting to get into the manufacturing industry? What would be your advice to the, that person? You know, it's it's great. And and I think about when I was uh, at St. Clair College and I didn't have a 4.0 GPA and I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I was a little bit afraid of, of the opportunities. And, you know, I learned quickly having those attributes and behaviors is key. You're going to want to look to have a, a, an average position in a great company. Look for good people. Look for things that are places where you can learn. You're likely not going to land at the company where you're going to retire at the first time, second, third, or fourth time. Yeah. So get yourself experience, try to find companies that are reputable, people that are honest and give more than you're paid for. Show up early, have enthusiasm, be willing to learn, be open for opportunity because when you are and you're doing the right things for the right reasons, opportunity just comes. Right. So um, that would be my advice. Um, wherever you are, do a great job wherever you are, because you, that's how your network develops. That's how your reputation develops. That's how your character is known. Um, everything matters. Mm -hmm. Every in interaction you have, whether it's in traffic, at the grocery store, with a family member, it all counts. It all matters. And as you get on in your in your career and in your life, when you see people, it's nice to see people that are, that are happy to see you. So, yes. so don't underestimate the value of being kind and being respectful to people at all times. I think that's a fantastic way to, to close this up. It's very well said, Nick. Everything you, you just said is, is things that I want to make sure that I practice as, as I uh, grow up and put my big boy pants on. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation, Eric. Um, you have a lot of wisdom uh, working in the manufacturing industry. And I, I know myself, um, I've learned a ton from Eric and I continue to learn a ton. I hope you did too. Uh, if you missed this episode, you can visit coffeewithcraner.com where you can watch the whole thing a million times over. Listen to both of our voices while you fall to sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed this and, and want to thank you for your time, Eric. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. We'll see you next time.